0: May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. This past summer, I served as a hospital chaplain at Atlanta Medical Center in Old Fourth Ward as part of my formation toward ordination. Much of what we did as hospital chaplains was either respond to spiritual consult requests or if we were the duty chaplain holding the pager, respond to traumas that came through the emergency department. When we were not doing one of those two tasks, we were supposed to be rounding on our assigned units. I found rounding to be the harder part of chaplaincy because it was at first difficult to find the energy to make cold calls, to knock on the door and walk into a patient's room who may not need or want a chaplain visit. I soon noticed a pattern, though, that each day I rounded, there was always one patient, and more often more than one, who not only welcomed my visit, but was hoping for a visit, even though they hadn't requested one. This was especially true of a patient named Marty. When I introduced myself as Chaplain Jenny, he sat up tall in his bed and exclaimed, oh, I've been waiting for you. Thinking we must have missed a spiritual consult request, I said, I'm sorry, did you ask for a chaplain? No, he said, but I've been wanting to share what happened to me with someone who would understand. Marty launched into his story. Marty and his girlfriend had been working for a scooter company. Their task was to go around in the middle of the night and gather up all the scooters left on sidewalks that needed recharging. be charging. A week before, around two in the morning, Marty had a freak accident with one of the scooters he was collecting. As he was moving it toward the truck, he accidentally pressed the accelerator button His foot got caught and he broke his leg in multiple places. He couldn't move, his cell phone was damaged in the fall, and he was lying in a vulnerable position in what looked like a completely abandoned area. His girlfriend wasn't strong enough to help him to the truck. They were panicked and had no idea what they were going to do when minutes later, three people walked out of a bar that they didn't even realize was there. One of them, Marty said, must have been a military doctor. He barely spoke, but he knew what to do. He made a makeshift splint, got Marty safely to his truck, and called 911. As Marty shared the story, he spoke again and again about how important it was that he find the doctor and thank him. He thought he had heard the man's voice after surgery and was desperate to know if he worked at the hospital. Marty spoke to me for close to an hour, the first chance he had to share what happened and integrate it into the broader story of his life. He shared how he had spent some time in prison, made some mistakes when he was younger, and that God showed up in the form of this doctor to care for him. He shared that the incident had brought him and his girlfriend closer made him realize that he needed to do right by her, and that they were now engaged. But most importantly, what he took from that moment, from the whole experience, was that his life mattered to God. He had experienced the living God, and he now knew, deep in his bones, that he was loved and had worth. He wanted to tell the doctor that his act of care had changed his life And if he couldn't tell him, then he would tell me, Chaplain Jenny, a representative of God. It was as if his experience wasn't complete until his story could be told. It was as if the transformation happening couldn't be fully incorporated into his life until he could praise God with a loud voice. In the Gospel reading today, we hear of ten lepers who all experienced divine healing, but only one of them turned back, prostrated himself at Jesus' feet, and thanked him. We don't really know why the other nine didn't go back. The biblical story seems to suggest that what set the one leper apart was his gratitude And so it would be easy to read this text as a morality tale, simply as a story with a moral lesson. Be grateful. But I'll tell you right now that I don't think the Bible is best understood as a bunch of morality tales. Something much more important than that is being revealed. When I read this story, the question I'm left with is this. Why was this one leper so grateful when the others seemingly were not? What happened to him in that experience of divine healing? What was it that the other nine missed? All of them experienced something of the divine, but only one, I want to suggest, recognized the healing as an encounter with the living God, Only one recognized, as Marty did, that God showed up for him. And that personal recognition that the living God was moving on his behalf made all the difference. Perhaps the other nine saw their relationship with God as transactional. They had done their part, they begged for mercy, and God had given them what they wanted— Or perhaps, despite their prayer to Jesus, Master, have mercy on me, when the healing came, they assumed it amounted to good luck. But the tenth leper knew that God was for him. He experienced God's action in that moment as love, and so he rushed back to the source of that love in praise and thanksgiving. Like Marty, the tenth leper wanted to find Jesus and share his story in a loud voice. I've heard that All Saints is a place where people like to share their stories. And I know that it is a place that likes to listen to people's stories. I know this because I was invited to share mine at Kanuga last week within the first few hours of my time with you. As a new member to this community, I want you to know that I want to hear your stories. I want to hear your personal and communal experiences of God. I also recognize that sharing our stories of encounters with the living God can be quite vulnerable, even when the stories are filled with joy, as was true in Marty's case. His was an intimate exchange, which is why I felt so honored to be the one who got to hear it. But despite the discomfort that might come, we need to tell our stories to one another and to listen. Because when we do, we are less likely to be like the nine lepers who experienced something of God but weren't fully changed. When we tell our stories to one another, we learn to recognize, like the 10th leper did, that what I experienced was, in fact, a personal encounter with God who showed up here and now for me because God loves me. And isn't it easier to share our stories when we are invited to do so, when someone knocks on our door and makes a chaplaincy cold call, when someone makes space for us to share? When we tell one another, as some of you told me at Kanuga, I want to hear your story, we give each other courage to share it. When we at All Saints share our stories with one another, we become a community bound together by our encounters with the living God. I love how Emory's New Testament scholar, Luke Timothy Johnson, Describes the formation of the early church as communities of people who shared a common experience. According to Paul's letters in the New Testament, they experienced the power of the living God, the transformative power of the risen Jesus that they called the Holy Spirit. This experience was the fundamental drive of the earliest Christians and accounts for their appeal to others. This experience was the birth of Christianity. When we appeal to the authority of experience, we appeal to a living God whose creative work never ceases. In an essay on same-gender love, Luke Timothy Johnson uses that foundational insight not only to affirm LGBTQIA Christians, but also to note what a serious thing it is when Christians encounter God through the testimony of another, but turn away in judgment or disbelief. It is a serious thing to refuse to acknowledge God's presence and power at work in human stories It is a serious thing to walk on like the nine lepers unchanged when we hear the testimonies of queer siblings in Christ who proclaim, God takes pride in me. God takes pride in you. Today, when we march in the pride parade, when we stand on the sidelines and cheer, when the children host the love pop-up shop and give away the items they made, they and we all become like the 10th leper who wants to tell his story of God's goodness and love and praise God in a loud voice. In the last few weeks leading up to my start at All Saints, I've asked myself, what is the fundamental thing that we all need, children, youth, adults? I am convinced that what we need at every stage of life are experiences of the living God. Our God is a generous God who wants to be known and encountered, indeed a God who initiates encounters with us in a variety of ways, sometimes in intense ways, in a surprise, in something we never thought to hope for, often in ordinary ways in friendship and love, in the Eucharist meal, in unfolding circumstances, in a still, small voice speaking within. And God's generosity includes the fact that God has given us one another to help us recognize God's movement in our lives. If we are honest, isn't this what we want, as scary as it might seem? the presence and power of God in our lives? And isn't it this experience that keeps us in communion with one another, that keeps us coming back to worship, where we can praise God with a loud voice? Amen.